0: Welcome friends, and thank you for listening. I'm Scott Sullivan, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and our team exists to strengthen Georgia Baptist churches in the area of discipleship. We've developed three tools just for you. The Watershed Principle, which identifies the six main ministries of the church that must be healthy to produce world-impacting disciple-makers. The Spark Conference. Last year's conference saw over 33,000 views from 45 different states and 18 countries. This year's conference will premiere on August the 12th with best-selling author, Tony Evans, Ben Mandrell, president of LifeWay, and David Kinnaman, the president of the Barna Group. We also have learning communities that are set up throughout Georgia, which exist to help you finish the task of leading your family in ministry well. You can see our website to find one near you. Also, every Thursday at 3 p.m., you can catch this broadcast through Facebook, Instagram, or multiple podcast platforms. Now, let's join today's broadcast. Hey,
1: everyone, welcome to the broadcast today. Uh, We are talking bivocational pastors, and we're specifically looking at that uh, Easter uh, guest follow-up uh, kind of just part of what we're, we're talking about leading up to Easter Sunday and wanting to um, help our tribe think through what Easter is going to look like. And so obviously we're still in the middle of a pandemic and we still have things going on. And, and it's sometimes hard to refire some of those engines or things that you've been thinking because you're just so ready for Sunday to just even happen that, that we're not thinking, okay, what do we do if a guest shows up on Sunday and, and as a bivocational pastor, there's, there's some uniqueness to that that we're going to unpack. So we have Dr. Marcus Glass uh, here in Benny Georgia, and he is at New Seasons Church and doing it over there. Great bivocational pastor. Marcus, thanks for coming on today.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it.
1: Yeah. And Matthew Gibbs, who is our East Central consultant, um, is also wearing many, many hats. Uh, maybe of many colors. I don't know. We can we can dive into that. But uh, so he serves there at Second Warner Robbins uh, on staff, um, and also is on our team. And so guys, let's let's dive let's dive right into it. Um, let's talk about um, things that we've learned uh, through guest follow up. You know, this thing doesn't just automatically happen. You know, we have to have a an intentional plan. And Marcus, this is really specifically for you because when we had you on last time, you just talked about the intentionality of what you do almost every day when you wake up as a bivocational pastor is just, uh, it's infectious. And it was just really awesome to hear how you do that. So, so tell us about your intentional plan for uh, guest follow-up.
2: Um, uh, So what that looks like for me at being a bivocational pastor, because uh, one of the things that we talked about last time was uh, time management and uh, being intentional. Uh, one of the things that we want to look at, we talked to our, uh, congregation all the time about having capacity and capacity is um, building disciples within your congregation that can handle any uh, potential growth that comes within the church and uh, for us what that looks like is um, we know that Easter is coming we know that uh, people are going to be coming in that haven't come before we know that are going to be some people that are have have never uh, been invited to have Christ in their lives. So we're, we're thinking about that. Also, we know that there are other people that's going to be coming to having to come for a long while. So um, for us, it's going to be, uh, we use what we call first impression cards, or contact cards. And uh, with these contact cards, for us, it's about gathering data. So um, initially, one of the first things that we're going to be doing is using those first impression cards and see it are these first time visitors, are these second time visitors, because that's very important as well. So, um, and with that, the way they, with those first impression cards, we tell them, listen, come in, we get those cards to you fill them out. And if you do, there's an incentive for that. You get a gift, you get a welcome packet. And then, so that welcome packet engages them with the card, which allow us to have some type of phone number, some type of email address, some type of, we ask a couple of questions, are they in a church? And these cards really, um we don't just put it as okay are you trying to we're just trying to get to know you their first impression cards tell us what you thought about what do we do right what do we do wrong and then that leads us to the next step in that, and then we'll talk about that a little bit uh, further um, as we engage
1: yeah and so when we're, we're talking by vocational pastors we're talking 150 75 people or less congregations and and the need to have a plan um but it's, it's busy during the week, right, Matthew? And so when, when it gets busy and and having to organize what, you know, what's your word of encouragement to, to that bivocational pastor on how to actually implement this come Easter Sunday?
3: Well, first of all, Marcus, great, great answer there. I appreciate you sharing what you guys are doing. Uh, and and you're right. The, uh, Easter is coming and we know there's going to be more guests probably than normal. Uh, but what about those guests that just show up at on any significant Sunday, you know, or, or, um, there needs to be a plan. Uh, and a lot of times for our bivocational pastors, their time is very, very limited. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and we understand that, but it's very important for, for you, I think as a, as a pastor to sit down with some key leaders, maybe they're volunteers, uh, Uh, Maybe you have another paid, part-time paid staff person you can get to help develop a plan for how you're going to handle uh, guests and getting their information. Uh, Marcus, that's a great idea. I remember when I first started ministry, somebody told me they're not really a prospect until you get the information you need to get to follow up on them. And so there has to be some kind of intentional plan. In fact, I like to use the terminology pathway develop a pathway for what's going to happen to this guest from the time they walk on the campus until you've begun the process of following up with them and connecting with them. Uh, I like to tell our guests and our our volunteers about our guests, if they show show up on our campus, they are fair game. We are going after them. They've already shown an interest. And so we're going to go after them until they tell us to stop.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and so the um, we're, we're rubber hits the road here, and we'd love for you to, to make some comments. Tell us where you're, you're tuning in from today, where you serve as a bivocational pastor, uh, because, you know, the next part of this is how do we make it happen? So uh, maybe I have 75 people, maybe I have 20 people. And OK, I made a card. And then how on Sunday morning do I do this? And so obviously volunteers are a huge part of making this happen, um, Marcus. And you, and you spend quite a bit of time with your volunteers um, and, and getting them. So what does a Sunday morning as far as volunteer involvement look like for you? Yeah.
2: So, um, kind of for us, what happens with us is we, um, we engage people in our mission field. I want to talk to a bi-vocation pastor right now. If you're a uh, bi-vocation pastor and you know that the, um, you don't have the capacity within your church, maybe the older, Uh, And really, really not into it. And maybe you just have a few people that you probably burnt out um, that because you've used them over and over and over again. This is what you need to do. You need to start searching in your mission field. Uh, That's your job. That is um, uh, the gym if you go work out. That is um, if you're at the the grocery store, uh, wherever you may be. And start looking around for people that want to do something extra in their lives and feel good about. It. Hey, listen, uh, what are the things we want to do? We want to, we want to help make the community better. So uh, a lot of times when our resources are limited as a and we don't have time because we can't be at the office so much, use the mission field in which you're in mm-hmm. and start strategizing there. Don't wait till a Sunday morning event to happen. Go right there while you're in the office. Take that lunch break instead of just having that same old conversation Say, hey, listen, we got a couple of things that we want to uh, do up for Easter coming up. Would you like to be a part of that? What does that look like? Well, uh, we want to nurture people. So when we'll take those first impression cards. It'll be a message in there. It'll be a uh, journal. It'll be a pen. But also what we put in there, and th- we have to, this was unique. For us, there's a book out there called, um, I know we'll talk about this in the end, but it's called Fusion. And it is uh, turning first-time guests into fully engaged members. Of, of your church and one of the things that it talks about in that book is in your um membership packet or welcome packet or whatever you call it it says first start out with a five dollar subway car um and then for second time do a sonic card but listen for us as a Bible bivocation so our church is not that large we don't have five dollars to give to all of, uh, of visitors maybe we did if we didn't have the many visitors but one of the things that we did we created our own food card that brings them back on wednesday nights because we for free on Wednesday so hey listen we put a hey eat on us for free let us cook a meal for you on Wednesday night that engages them to come back and I think we'll get into uh, the numbers uh, 85% uh, of visitors that visit if you contact them within 36 hours they return um, 60% will return if you con- contact them within 72 hours and uh, 15 percent will, re- uh, will return if you contact them within seven days so we try to get something to continue and to engage them afterwards. So I, I think we may get into that as we look more at the process.
1: Yeah. I love the the book, right, Matthew. I mean, that's, that's yeah. such a the good thing because learning is, is, is a big part of this. And so, um, you know, speak to that. And then also talk to us about that, that follow-up, um, with guests, you know, knocking on doors or, or making a personal touch or a connection with, with guests and why that's important.
3: I know last time Marcus, we had you, uh, on one of our broadcasts, you had mentioned several books you were reading. And let me just encourage you, pastor, uh, leader, uh, to be a reader. Uh, You know, the old saying, uh, leaders are readers. You can see uh, PJ's uh, bookshelves behind him there, his library. But uh, take some time to to read a book, to help you in your area of, of, of leadership and pastoring. Uh, and there are all kinds of great books out there with specific subjects, such as follow-up, disciple-making, uh, and I, I haven't researched it, but I'm sure there's even books out there specifically for bivocational pastors. And maybe if not, PJ can write one, and then we'll have one out there uh, for you guys. Uh, I'm gonna, I want to speak to something, then Marcus, I also want you to speak to it a little bit. Uh, he, he already mentioned that the quicker you follow up, uh, the greater chance you have of those folks returning um, for, for another visit, a second or third visit. Uh, and there's a couple of things uh, I just kind of want to comment that he said. All churches have a limited budget. It doesn't matter whether you're a large church or a small church. Uh, and so you have to manage that well. But I think one of, the, one of the great investments you can make is doing some things for those first-time guests to let them know they're important. Some type of of gift bag or or guest bag. We have tried all that stuff, Marcus. We've given away gift cards. We've done other things, and uh, we finally kind of settled on a, a, a little gift bag that has a, it has a little small mug in it, kind of a, a Yeti type mug. It's not a Yeti, but it's 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 that type mug. It has our church logo on it. Yes, there's some information about the church. There's a a brochure that we had put together that gives just general information about the church. It also points them back to our church website. But uh, you know, during the pandemic, we haven't had our Wednesday night dinners, but it did the same thing. We gave them a gift certificate for a free meal at our family dinner, because we knew uh, the connection point for getting people connected to your church is relational. You know, you can be a great preacher. You can have a great youth ministry. All those things, those will, those may get them in the door. But the connection point, uh, things I've been reading for several years have said that seventy-five percent or more of the people that stay at your church for any length of time are there because of the significant relationships they have with other folks. So whatever you can do to get them connected uh, through those through those touches, I, I want to ask you this, Marcus: How quickly? How quickly uh, do y'all try to connect with them? I know you mentioned the different times in your pathway for follow-ups. What's what's the first touch after Sunday is gone?
2: Yeah. Uh, so what that looks for us, and a great question, Matthew. Thank you for asking that because I think it's vital that uh, Bible vocational pastors need to understand this. That touches, and you you hit on a uh, a phrase that um, I think that everybody need to understand, and that is uh, building relationships. That. This process is highly relational, and what that is is we put a name on a prayer list, so we, get, we gather that data. Uh, for us, the follow-up happens within 48 hours. It has to happen within 48 hours, and our process is this. One of the things that we get people doing, first of all, is praying for these people. So we have, we have what we call return on investment. And what that is, we have a card that we put in our wallet uh, or in their purses called who's in your wallet. We created this within our, uh, within our um, organization and um, it, it's, it's invest, invite and inspire. And so it looks like a little credit card and we put their name on the back and people start praying for those people. But within 48 hours to answer your question. And the other thing that we do to be highly relational and guest focused, we wanna be focused on the guests. We wanna be focused, uh, we can't get so caught up in how, how the message go or how, how, you know, if we have a right lighting that we miss the whole reason we're doing it. And that is that we have to share the gospel and to be able to reach those uh, and get them in a place where we can disciple them. Um, so kind of what that looks for us is us, we try to have a, one of the other things that we do is if you can get them to stay a few minutes afterwards, have a, tell us how it went. Little will set up where maybe some coffee or some, 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 some snack, light snacks, and then let them say, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? Because what that says is we're trying to develop a, a worship that is conducive, not for the people that we have, because we don't wanna be keepers of the aquarium. We wanna be fishers of men. And in order to do that, we've got to be guest focused. We gotta be highly relational. And uh, so those touches, and we put them in a place where they're being nurtured. So touch it for us is nurturing. Put them on the prayer list, our investor invite to inspire, and then they'll get a call from me. Um, within 48 hours, I will call them personally. Hey, I just want you to know this pastor enjoyed. thank you for coming and sharing. That's a personal touch. And then there's a letter in the mail that goes in there. With that, for that, we've mailed that letter out that, that next day and it gets there within 48 hours. And then after that, there's a call to set up a visit. Each one of these are designed to nurture. For us, so touches are how we're going to nurture those people. And uh, there's texts in church. You can use that. And one of the things that we see is we get to see who wants to really come back and who doesn't. Because if they're not answering your calls, if they're not answering the texts, we may want to put them on a they didn't want to be nurtured list so they, they really weren't interested so those are just some of the things that we do and then finally the thing that we do is we survey we send a survey monkey out and that survey monkey says hey what'd you like what what did we do wrong what did we do right kind of so we could kind of uh continue to reevaluate our process because if it's not working for the people in the places that we're in we need to change it and uh and find the fish where they are that's what that's what we do
1: Well, and somebody's watching and they're going, man, that, that mega church pastor really has it going on. You know, he has all these processes, but remember Mark Marcus serves full-time in the fire department. And this is uh, a bivocational church where God has called him to, and he's able to, to organize in such a way where all those systems and processes and follow up. And I know we're going to uh kind of land the plane here on on follow up Matthew, but I did want to just chime in real quick, Pastor, because you're you're giving out cards to remind people who to pray for. And one time at a church, I was given a card, but it was a man card. And every time I did something that wasn't super manly, my pastor took it away from me. And, and I'm ashamed about how many times that card was taken away. And I don't, I, you know, I, I get it and and I deserved it, but I just like yours. Yours is more encouraging than the one that happened to me. So that that's good, Matthew. Um, t- tell us about follow up and why that's important.
3: Uh, let me do that. Uh, hey, Marcus, I want to I want to comment on something you said. And, and Bible vocational pastor, if you're watching this, uh, I don't know if you picked up on it, but Marcus has a pretty good um, he has a, a pretty good idea of the culture of his church, and he has adapted his follow up plan or his follow up process. Uh, to, to line up with the culture of his church, and you can do the same thing. One of the things uh, you can begin to do is maybe sit down with a key couple of leaders, deacons, and talk about what would, what would be effective in the culture of your church. Uh, different churches have a little different flavor, different culture, and so uh, you don't have to do exactly what Marcus does, or what my church does, or what PJ's church does, but everybody should be doing something. Because when God brings these people to our churches, we need to be intentional on doing our best to make them feel welcome, to, to let them know that they are valued and that we are interested not in just uh, a, a rear in the seat next Sunday, but we want to minister to them. We want, we want to engage with them. Yes. We want to share the gospel with them. We want them to grow in their faith. And I, and I think there's a number of things you can do. There's all kinds of stuff you can do to be able uh, to do that. Uh, and I appreciate what he said about personally connecting, making that call. I know our pastor, he will actually sit down and personally handwrite cards to all the guests. There are some weeks he gets writer's cramp very bad. Uh, but he says, hey, I feel like this is so important for them to get a personal contact and them to know that I spent time writing this because it it communicates, I really am interested in you as a person, mm-hmm. not just in you Bo- boosting our numbers, or, or tithing, or something else. We want to minister to you. We want you to be a part of our church family, and I and I think that's important—that personal touch. Now, here's the last question for you, Marcus. How do you evaluate how effective you are uh, yeah. in what you do? What, what what's the process for evaluating, and how often do you do that to see, hey, do we need to do we need to make a change? Is something not working anymore? Do we need to add something to our process of follow up?
2: Yeah. Um, couple of ways that you can do that, Matthew, is uh, statistically. You can look at statistics of who's coming in um, as you gather your list of data. I think one of the things that you need to do is you need to put it on a calendar of what you have done and, um, and, and look at the outcomes. These are how many visitors that came in. This is how many we got actually have to come. But one of the other things that we do that I think that is out of the box is we look at, we, we look at those that are engaged in our people because we know that relationships are important. Uh, how enthused they are they are with it? Because um, what you do, your system is going to be just as good as the people that are working that system. And uh, so, one of the ways, if it's engaged to them and they're in it, and they're like, "Wow," it shows it must be working. Because one of the things that's very intoxicating is being able to win over, to share your faith, also to be able to see the effectiveness of, uh, effectiveness of that just not from those that we were reaching, but the effectiveness of those that are actually doing. So uh, again, guest surveys, survey monkeys uh, are good to use. Um, I, I want to share one other thing things real quickly that uh, that we use uh, one time before. And as you said, you have to know the culture of your church. It worked in some churches that I've done. I've, I've actually done seminars on it. We call it a Project Grow. And Project Grow is G-R-O-W, God Rewards Our Work. So this is for you both by, by vocational pastors. That really you don't want to burn your resources out and you wanna use w- what you have. We put them on growth teams, G-R-O-W. And so um, Team G, it's your week to do visitors. Ch- uh, next week, Team R, it's your week to do visitors. Team O, it's your week to do visitors. Team next, so you got a month where you're getting people maybe an hour at a time a week. Um, they maybe spend writing, they may be sending letters out, or they may be calling. Or they may do what we call, if they're really nurturing the person, we get what they call set up front porch uh, conversation. Let's have a front porch conversation where we're coming to your house, sitting on your front porch, and just talking about how we can better serve you. So, those are some of the things that are called grow teams. Uh, You want more information about it? uh, Get in touch with PJ, Matthew, and we'll we'll, um, do what we can to help nurture you with that. I am a bivocational pastor, but uh, through the grace of God and through time management, we make it work. So I want to pray for each and every one of you that are bi You can do this. This is something that's doable. Don't discount yourself because of limited resources. If I can do it, I'm no better than you, and I know you can do it too. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the successes that you'll have in the comments about what works for you, and uh, let's stay engaged and stay in touch.
1: Man, I feel like I could join you on one of your workouts that you do right now. I'm so fired up, you know, I'm probably not going to. I'll sponsor you to do that, but I feel like I could do one. I'm so fired up right now. So Dr. Marcus Glassman, thank you for your time. Thank you for your just incredibly wise words and uh, Matthew Gibbs uh, crushing it over there in the East Central. Man, if there's anything we can do as discipleship consultants to help you as a bivocational pastor, we're in every region um, as a resource, all, all you need to do is just reach out and we'll reach out and try to get ahead of you too just put it in the comments there. Um, anything like that, um, Marcus will be following the, the comments as well. He's an active participant in our uh, Facebook group. So guys thanks again for the topic and um, man, I hope Easter goes great for everybody and we'll be praying for all of our Bible pastors.
2: Yes, thank you. Thank you Matthew. hey have a great day Matthew. have a great day Thank Let
3: you Marcus. Thank you PJ. great job today and Bible vocation pastors just know that we want to help you any way
1: we can. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to Georgia Baptist Discipleship Podcast. And we want to give you a gift. The five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world impacting disciple makers. You can get this by going to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. That's ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. This five page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist that may surprise you. It will help you learn why programs are killing your discipleship. The number one default worker strategy that keeps churches from empowering their ministries. Learn the OGV factor and how it can revolutionize discipleship, attendance, and evangelism in your church. Again, go to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts Com. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org forward discipleship. And by the way, if you found this content helpful, we sure hope you'll share it with a friend. And thanks so much for partnering with us to make world impacting disciple makers.